So, hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest dieting myths for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. So when it comes to dieting, it can be really, really difficult to know the right thing to do because there is so much conflicting information. There's so many different diets and programs and experts all claiming that they've got you know, the best approach to get you results. And this can be even more difficult for women who are also over 40 because not only is all of that information conflicting each other, um, but also a lot of the advice for women in their 20s and 30s is not necessarily effective or relevant for women over 40. This can leave a lot of women stuck either not knowing the best approach to take and just getting kind of overwhelmed by all of the information and the confusion or, you know, finally deciding to try something that they think might be the right option, but then they just find that they're not seeing any results in the mirror from all of that hard work. So today we're going to talk about the biggest dieting myths and tell you what actually has been working for many of our clients who are all over 40 or women and who have managed to go on to drop one to two dress sizes over a 12 week period and then keep those results and maintain those results long-term as well. So we're gonna kick off with one of my most hated myths. <laughs> I don't know how Ben ranks it on his, on his scale of myths, but for me, this is one of the ones that really, really um, grinds my gears. And I don't know where it's come from. Maybe some of you watching this live can suggest where this has come from, but I have heard this so many times in different places. And one time I remember hearing this was a few years ago um, I was around someone's house and um, it was someone I knew's auntie and they were talking to their friend who was also over there having some drinks. Um, They're both about 50 and they were talking about the best amount of calories to diet. And she, she said, this lady, she said, I've heard that 1200 calories is the, is the right amount for all women to lose weight. It's the, uh, it's the best number, right? It's the, it's, it's, if you hit 1200 calories, you're going to lose weight and it's, it's the perfect number for women. And at the time, I didn't really say anything because I didn't think it was really my place to be sticking my oar in. But I just thought, where has this come from? And since then, I've heard this over and over and over again on sales like consultation calls we have with people who are thinking about joining our program, people who are inside our program who's heard about this stuff before, before they learned you know, the right way to lose weight. Um, and there's not really much truth in this. I don't really know where it's come from, but it's, it's basically just a, a random number that someone has picked and said, this is the right number um, for women. And the reality is everyone is different. We're going to come onto this later on as well as a different point, but everyone's body works differently. Everyone has a different speed for their metabolism. Their metabolic rate is different. So there's no way in hell that everyone needs to eat the same amount of food to lose weight. Everyone also has a different activity level. So I don't know if you found this, but during lockdown, a lot of people have been moving around a lot more. So it just doesn't make sense for everyone, men, women, but especially even just within women for all women to be, eating 1200 calories if they want to lose weight. You may lose weight on 1200 calories, but there's a lot of reasons, um, which I'm sure Ben will elaborate on, why 1200 calories is not a good idea um, to stick to long-term. So I'd say that the main version, the main reason that 1200 calories might not be the best idea is just because it's difficult to stick to eating 1200 calories for a long period of time. Um, 
what we found and what I found is, you know, typically when I'm putting together a client, like calories for a client, I will keep them. My aim is to make them as high as they possibly can be, but still get them the results that they're looking for. So, you know, typically we'd be looking probably four, like probably 300 up to maybe 500 calories more than that. I would start someone at. Um, but with that kind of higher amount of calories, you know, we're still seeing people drop a dress size or drop two dress sizes even. Some some people, you know, you get the odd person who's just, you know, they respond really, really well. They see more than that progress over a 12-week period. But that's by keeping calories, you know, really, really high. Like the, the benefits of that is, A, it's easy to stick to because a lot of people, when we give them their food plan, they say to them, well, it's not really a food plan, but when we give them the guidance on this is how much you should be eating for your body, they often say that's actually loads and loads of food. I think I might actually struggle to hit that number. And if you're struggling to hit the number of the, the amount of food you've been given, then it's very, very unlikely you're going to overeat and you're going to, you know, you're going to go off plan. The problem with going off plan is that tends to affect people's mindset. It tends to um, affect people's motivation and can then lead to them giving up with the other elements that may have been working. So the, the workouts, um, et cetera. But then I think the other problem with 1200 calories, one of the most effective strategies that we have as like a coach is if we've given someone this number of calories to stick to, this is how much food you should eat. And then over a period of time, this works, but then they get to a point where results start to slow down. We have loads and loads of room there to be able to say, oh, maybe we'll just make it a little adjustment, maybe reduce calories slightly, just reduce them by a little bit um, to keep someone making progress. Whereas if we started someone out at 1200 per day, they may have seen you know, a bit more of a reduction initially. Um, but you'll get to that point where you've already reduced calories down. We can't say, oh, we're going to do 1100 now. We're going to do a thousand a day because we start getting into, you know, dangerous, we're starving someone territory, which is not really where you want to get into. And that can start to affect energy levels um, and all sorts of different things. And it can really start to impact on your metabolism as well over kind of a sustained period of time. Um, but yeah, so really I would say 1200 calories, whilst it, you probably would, most people probably would see results if they eat 1200 calories a day. Um, but it's kind of, it's going to be short lived. That's the, the likelihood is it's going to be short lived. And the problem is well, if, you, if you lose weight on those 1200 calories and that was your approach, and then you go back to eating whatever you were before and it's suddenly a big jump up, you're probably just going to put all of that weight back on again. Yeah, so it has short-term and long-term sort of uh, drawbacks that it's going to A, be something that's really hard to stick to and not be much fun. You can't have any flexibility inside it. And then B, it's going to mess up your metabolism long-term. So then you're probably going to gain more weight back. And it also actually messes up your hunger hormones long-term if you cut calories too low as well. So you're going to be hungrier. They've measured this in just a 12-week period. If you ate 1,200 calories, you're going to be hungrier for up to a year afterwards. You're going to want to eat more food. So that's why most people also regain all the weight. So we definitely don't recommend that. What we do recommend is eating the right amount for you. And that's going to be based off your body weight, your body fat level, your hormone level, any health issues you have like hypothyroidism, PCOS, um, your current activity level, all of those things and your current age are things we factor in with all of our clients. So everyone gets their own individual number that's going to work best for them. And then we work with them to, to tweak that over time so that if they do hit a plateau, they have, like Ben said, they have all this space to continue to progress. So that's the calorie argument, but we've got loads of other myths to go through. So the, the next one, and I'll let ben, ben kick off with this one, but the next one that I put down, because this is, again, my second and probably one of Ben's biggest pet peeves as well, is, and I get why people say this, by the way, but is that people often say they need to be in the right headspace before they can 
pursue like a healthier fit healthier fitter life yeah so i hear this all the time people saying oh you know i mean this is mainly from people i wouldn't say this is so much from clients because you know we, we manage to help them to create that right headspace and and you know continue to stay motivated through their whole program but it's when people are thinking about joining and then they say to us you know oh i really want to make this change I'm really struggling, you know, I'm not seeing any progress. I'm very unhappy with the way things are, with my weight, with my body, with my health, and I'd like to improve it, but I'm just not in the right headspace. And that could be because, you know, they've got loads of stuff going on at work. There's maybe some stuff going on in their family life. It's just maybe a difficult or stressful time where they just, they just don't feel motivated at the moment. Maybe it's because of, you know, the whole situation we've got going on now in the world with, with COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the reality is like, I don't think I've ever had, if I look back and you probably can look back as well. If you look back over the past year or so, has there ever been a time where you've had like two months or a three month run of just like an uninterrupted, um, clear time where your life was just easy and everything was plain sailing and you woke up every day feeling super motivated and super kind of, you know, (laughs) energetic and everything. Um, I just don't think that exists. So there's the problem with life is it's always throwing you challenges. There's always going to be difficulties coming up. So that right headspace doesn't really exist. Um, and I think like if you, if you get stuck in that mindset of thinking that you need to be in the right headspace and it stops you from starting, then you, you're probably never going to get to where you want to be because you're, you're never going to find that right headspace. So the solution to this really is just to get started regardless of everything that's going on. And especially if you're getting started with something and you're working with a coach like myself or with Bob, like there's no problem that somebody can come with, come to me with. There's very few problems. You know, sometimes let's say somebody, I don't know, they break both their legs and arms, for example, that's, that's a big setback that might really, you know, be difficult or like a really close family member dies and they need to take some time off just to deal with that. Like there are things that really do, really do throw a spanner in the works for a period of time, but most other small, most other things, whether it's lifestyle factors, whether it's like work, making things fit around a busy work schedule, dealing with a lack of motivation, whatever it is, um, when you've got somebody who's helped thousands of people overcome all of these issues before, it can make it a lot easier. So one of the fastest ways to get yourself in the right headspace is to get the support and get the help that you need to deal with the current difficult situation that you may be facing. Yeah, and then the other thing I'd say, which you touched on is not only get the help with it, but also just understand it's normal to not always, it's just not realistic to constantly be feeling motivated but learn to take action in spite of how you feel and that's one thing we coach our clients with through the mindset work we do so that they can be consistent they can keep going and i was talking to ben about this just before this call i've had loads of clients recently say they've had difficult weeks they've had hard weeks at work some of them are teachers who are going back and they've thrown back into the mix of everything and they said you know what previously i would have just stopped previously i would have just said this is too much i'll I'll have to you know i can't eat well i can't exercise throughout this but what they've said now is actually i've realized i just need to keep going i just need to keep going even if i don't feel great this week and next week i'm sure i'll start feeling better and that's often how it goes even through really tricky things so the main thing is just to keep going no matter what and just realize that it's you're never going to be constantly in the right headspace but that doesn't really matter just learn to keep going regardless of it rather than waiting for this mythical time to happen where you have months and months and months of nothing difficult happening in your life. If you're a woman over 40, your life is pretty complicated. A lot of the people we work with have really high pressure careers, difficult jobs, and then family responsibilities. And 
all of those things mixed together mean there's constantly going to be things that could derail you. So it's about keeping going regardless of those and having someone there to help you is probably the most important thing as Ben said. So our next myth, we're going to rattle through these. This one I want to do really quickly because we did a whole episode on it last time, but so many people think that cardio exercise is the only way to burn fat or it's even the best way to burn fat. And we did a whole episode on it to so go back and listen to the previous episode. But to cut a long story short, all cardio does is burn some calories, but there are actually quite a lot of drawbacks, especially for women over 40. So cardio also can burn muscle, especially if you do over 40 minutes of it. It can also really spike your stress hormones, um, especially if you do really hard stuff like HIIT or you do um, spinning, which if you're in your 20s, if you're in your early 30s, probably isn't an issue. But when you're a bit older, your body does not respond well to high levels of stress on top of everything else that's going on. You cannot take so much stress and see good results. And stress hormone cortisol actually blocks fat loss. It causes water retention. A lot of things that are not going to make you feel or look better. So what you need to do is manage stress whilst doing exercise that's actually going to uh, get the best possible results, get the most bang for your buck. And what we tend to find is combining the right nutrition, which will drive a lot of the fat loss, with some strength-based training, which will keep your stress levels low, but it will help combat a lot of the signs of aging, like slowing metabolism, like osteoporosis and things like this. Then you're going to see even better results. You're going to tone up way more, but without stressing the body so that you, you can also burn much more fat through the nutrition side of things. So cardio is definitely not the best exercise to burn fat. As you get older, there's much, much better ways of, of doing that. I know. So fourth one then is that carbs are fastening. So I think there's been a bit of a craze recently of people doing keto and people cutting out carbs, et cetera. Um, and, and thinking that, you know, there isn't, you know, the only way to see results, the only way to lose weight, the only way to get to where you want to be is to cut out carbs. And that's not necessarily true. So the thing with losing weight, the thing with getting, getting results with your body is it all comes down to really getting that right amount of food in. Like if, if we think about the, the simplest things you need to do to see results in the mirror and what, and what really just works for our clients, it's not rocket science. It's just like regular exercise and the right type of exercise. So as Rob talked about before, like resistance-based training, and then you can put, you pair that with eating the right amount. So not eating loads, and not starving yourself down really low. So you eat a sensible amount of food, you make decent healthy food choices, you do a sensible workout program. Um, for most people, that's going to get them the results. Um, you know, there are factors like stress, etc., as well, lack of sleep that can affect things, but they're kind of just icing on the cake, things that you might deal with after you've got this whole like basic plan in place. But inside of that kind of nutrition approach then of making sure that you're eating the right amount, that's, that's kind of the key thing. And it doesn't really make much difference whether those, that food and those calories you're taking in are coming from fats, coming from protein, coming from carbs. I always just tell people, just try to avoid the extremes. So if somebody's eating, I don't know, 95% of what they're eating is from carbs and it's all sugar and bread, maybe that won't be the best thing for their health. Well, it definitely won't be the best thing for their health. And it might kind of have an impact on the results because it's not really giving their body a full range of nutrients and a full range of what it needs. So I just think try and get everything in balance, eat some healthy fats, eat some carbs, uh, loads and loads of good carbs, all vegetables are carbs, things like potatoes, rice, etc. They're all just good, healthy foods that grow in the ground. Um, make sure you're getting some protein as well. And if, if you're getting all of those things in, you're going to see results, but as long as you're eating, the right amount and all of these things which are which make you cut down or cut out carbs or cut out fats for example the reason they work is because if you cut out an entire food group and you're having to eat 
restrict yourself to eating only a couple of food groups, the other ones, proteins and fats, you're, you're naturally just going to eat less. And it's exactly the same with every other approach. So whether it's low fat, whether it's low carbs, whether it's a meal plan, whether it's a shake diet, whether it's slimming group, whether it's anything, they're all going to work because they get you to eat roughly the right amount of food or just less than less than the amount that you have been eating, which has been maybe, maybe causing a gradual gain in weight. So carbs are not really something that you need to run away for, run away from or avoid. As long as you eat the right amount of food, you can include all foods in your diet. You can have a nice, balanced, healthy diet without having to completely cut things out. And the, the problems I see with cutting out carbs, one of the biggest problems with it is you tend to, when people cut out carbs, they might see like a rapid decrease in weight because the body drops a lot of carb weight. So the body stores carbs in the muscles. It uses them for fuel. It uses them for energy during workouts. Those carbs also attract, um, they hold a lot of water as well. So you'll hold more water and more carbs if you eat carbs. So as soon as you reduce those carbs in your diet, a lot of water gets flushed out and a lot of carbs get flushed out and you see a big a decrease in weight, but it's just carbs and water. It's not body fat. Body fat's the thing that you're really wanting to get rid of if you're trying to get fitter and trying to get healthier. So when you cut those carbs out, you might lose that weight, but then as soon as you eat your carby meal again, all that weight just comes back on again. And it's, that's just carbs and just water, but people will, you know, this can really play on people's minds. So somebody who's, who's, you know, they lose that carb weight, they gain that back again. And then suddenly they're like, Oh no, I've, I've failed. It's not going well. I may as well give up. And then they fall off the wagon with everything else as well. Um, and then the other problem is if you like, I know, well, actually, I guess, restaurants and things they may be open soon you can do takeaways and whatever but it's hard to socialize with people and go out for a meal and things like that if you're not eating carbs or go around to somebody's house for dinner for example because suddenly you're you've got this you've given yourself this these kind of dietary requirements that mean that you can't just eat normal stuff like everybody else yeah it's not a lot of fun i've given up carbs before um back when i didn't know <coughs> pardon me back when i didn't know any better and I remember going out to dinner. Actually, I think you were there. We went out to a meal in London years ago. And I remember just being like, there's nothing on the menu I can have. I can have a, I literally just some leaves of the salad. And that was about it. So I think I ended up giving up on it at that point. <laughs> I think that was the final nail in the coffin when I was just like, this is unsustainable. And obviously I know much better now. But that, that actually brings me on to the next point and the next sort of myth, which is Ben was talking about how you can lose a lot of weight just by giving up carbs, but it's not fat. And this is a huge misconception people make. Mm. And my next point is that people expect that you should be losing weight every single week without fail when you're dieting and when you're trying to lose weight. Now, what you do want to be losing every single week is losing fat. So you want to be losing body fat. That's the stuff that's big and squidgy that makes you, you know, makes you feel all wobbly. It's also not good for your health, especially if you have visceral fat, so fat around the middle, which people gain more of during things like menopause due to shifts in hormones. Now, you can lose a lot of that fat by just following the approaches we talked about today, you know, eating the right amount for you. You don't have to give up carbs or anything like that, doing the right type of exercise. But it may not always show as weight loss on the scales every single week. And this is something that a lot of people really find difficult to deal with on their own. And the reason for this is weight and fat are not the same thing. And most diets celebrate weight loss. They're like, this person lost this much weight, this person lost this much weight, this person lost two stone, this one lost five stone. But they don't really look at how much fat they've lost. And a lot of people are also losing muscle doing these extreme diets. What you really want to do to, to look your best, to feel toned, to feel strong and fit and healthy is lose fat 
and at the same time build some muscle especially as you get older you naturally lose a lot of that muscle and it slows your metabolism down but this may be masked by a lot of things so you may be building muscle at the same time as losing fat first of all so that may look like you're not losing as much weight as you might expect that's if you're doing some sort of strength training so that may mask some of the the typical weight loss you might see on an extreme diet, but actually you're going to be much fitter and much healthier than doing that extreme diet and it'll last for much longer. But what also may happen is throughout the month, depending on your age and your current hormonal situation, your hormones will be fluctuating. Or if you're going through something like perimenopause or menopause may not be throughout the month, but over time your hormone levels are fluctuating again. And what that will do is it will cause you to change the amount of water you retain. So a couple of times during the normal menstrual cycle, so halfway through just after ovulation, and then at the end, just before your period in that sort of PMS week, if you do suffer with that, um, you're going to gain weight through water retention. And it's the same during things like perimenopause. You're going to have more random fluctuation in your hormones, which will cause you to retain water. And water has to weigh something. Water is actually pretty heavy. So a small increase in water weight may cause your weight to stay the same or go up one week, but you're actually still losing fat if you're following the right approaches, if you're eating the right amount, if you're exercising regularly. So a lot of people have this expectation that they should see their weight coming down two pounds a week or something like this. But one week it doesn't, doesn't mean that it's not working. A lot, this causes a lot of people to give up in my experience. A lot of people see that weight not moving one week. They think, sod it, it's not working. And then they give up, then they eat too much and then they do gain fat and then they do undo the hard work. So the key thing here to understand is whilst diets always talk about weight, 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 all weight isn't the same. Some weight is body fat, some weight is water, some weight is other things. And there's loads of other factors I haven't talked about today that can also affect water weight, like stress, um, that mean that just because your weight hasn't gone down one week doesn't mean you're not seeing progress. And again, this is where it can really help to have a coach or someone on your side to say, hold on a second, you've been really consistent. I can see you've done everything you need to be doing. I expect next week it will come down and have this conversation with clients all the time. I say, just give it another week and then we speak next week and all the weights come off and more and they're, they're back down and even lower than they were before. So don't, don't worry about the number on the scales. Constantly focusing on that isn't generally very healthy. And what works much, much better is to just focus on being consistent and doing the right things and the results should come. And if you do want to kind of keep track of your progress and measure your progress, like I'd say the best measurement of is your body fat reducing is going to be how your measurements are changing. So you can do body measurements around uh, around your waist, your hips, your thighs. Um, it's probably a good starting point. Arms as well. Um, but that's, that's usually more kind of consistent and more steady than, than the actual number on the scales. So, so yeah, the, and the, the final dieting myth we're going to go through today is that it's the same for everybody. So, you know, a lot of approaches out there are just a one size fits all. So, you know, the, the same thing will, the same advice will be given, whether it's for men, whether it's for women, um, whether it's for women in their twenties and their thirties and their forties and their fifties, it'll just be like, here's the approach, go and give it a try, see if it works for you. But the reality is those, those groups of people are very different. So first of all, between the differences between men and women are very big in terms of hormones. So men, you know, have a lot more testosterone, women have a lot more of the female hormones and a lot less of the male hormone testosterone. Um, and those things, all of those hormones affect the way that your body produces your body processes fat, the way your body gains weight, the way your body loses weight. Um, so that creates massive differences between what, what's going to be the best approach for a man and what's going to be the best approach for a woman. And then if we also look at age, the biggest factor that's going to influence things when it comes to age are, is going to be hormones as well. So Rob, as you, as you touched on before, uh, as women like, get into perimenopause, heading towards menopause, um, they will experience a lot more hormonal fluctuation and hormonal changes. 
And those hormonal changes can make it easier for people to gain weight and it can make it more difficult for people to lose weight, especially with the same approaches that they may have been trying in their younger years. And this leaves a lot of women just kind of stuck. They're trying things that they're being told should work, but are just not seeing the results in the mirror, which can be very, very frustrating. So what works better is just having an approach which is designed to work for for you. So if you're a guy, get a program which is specifically designed to help men achieve the specific goal you want, whether that's building muscle, etc. And if you're a woman, um, find something that says it's designed for women. And if you're a woman in a certain age group, find something that says it's designed for women in that specific age group. And um, you know, ideally, find something proven, just find something that's worked for women who are in your exact position. Find somebody who's like, I can see Jane here is the same as me and she's seen fantastic results you're probably also going to be able to see good results as well. Yeah. And I just want to share with you, actually, just before we wrap this up, I know Ben has to go just share with you. We'll just go through one. We've got a few different bits of um, testimonials and case studies here from some clients, but we'll just go through one just to give you an example. So we specialize in working with women over 40 and uh, we've got testimonial here from Patricia Fox, one of our long-term clients. She's been with us for years now and she's 57. She's a business owner. She's a mum and a wife. And, before she joined us, she said she'd hit rock bottom after her mother passed away. I'm sure some of you can relate to this. And she slipped into a downward spiral with food, with alcohol, and also with weight gain. So she came to Trinity to take control of her health and fitness because what happened is she'd gone from being about size eight to 10, and she'd actually gone up over the, the past like five to, five to 10 years up to a size 14, and her weight had got much, much, much higher um, due to all of this um, downward spiral with food. So what happened when she joined Trinity is she dropped from a size 14 to a size eight, but she also saw massive results in the rest of her life and in her business as well, because we try and help people just be the best version of themselves all around and it impacts everything. So this is what Patricia said after working with us. She said, I'm now a size eight, which is beyond what I wanted to achieve. My marriage is a lot better. I'm much happier with that side of things. Work-wise, we've had the best year profit-wise we've ever had. And I don't think it can just be a coincidence. The thing that's changed is me. So what Patricia did is she worked on herself, made herself feel fantastic, got herself that energy back that she used to have when she was younger. And then she was able to also, you know, positively impact every other area of her life as well. So just to wrap this up then, Ben, where can people go if they want to find out more info about what we do and our Fit Over 40 program? So if you'd like to avoid these kind of big dieting myths and, and just know exactly what works for women over 40 who are looking to drop a dress size or two, um, you can head over to www.fit40info and you can get all the details about what we do and what we would recommend on that page. Perfect. So head over there, find out a bit more about what we do if you're interested. And thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And we'll catch you in the next one next Friday for the next episode of the Trinity podcast. Mm -hmm.